Effective Living with Reverend Henry Hubert. May you be blessed as you listen. Now, the message. Lord, you I'm teaching on prayer, and uh, the important question is, what is prayer? The answer is simple. Prayer is talking to God. Every time you open your mouth and you talk to God, irrespective of where you are, you are praying. There are different kinds of prayer because there are different ways we talk to God. Sometimes we talk to God when we thank him, when we thank him for all that he's doing in our lives. Sometimes we talk to God when we ask him to do certain things for us. Sometimes we talk to God when we ask him to do certain things for other people. I've put together seven different kinds of prayer. The first one is adoration, which has to do with thanksgiving, praise, and worship. We thank God for what he has done. We praise him for his goodness unto us and for his greatness. And we worship God for who he is. The second kind of prayer is supplication. That is going before God to present your request to him, standing on the word of God and exercising faith. The third kind of prayer is intercession. Intercession means praying for others. Praying for others. The fourth kind of prayer is devotion. Devotion means you consecrate yourself and you surrender your whole life to him. And you ask him to take over your life and be the master of your life and that his will be done in your life. And that you are no more on the driving seat, that he is in control of your life. And that is the prayer of devotion. The fifth kind of prayer is the prayer of agreement. When you join your faith with others to pray on the same topic. The sixth kind of prayer is warfare. When you exercise your authority as a child of God. Um, the authority that Jesus has given you as a child of God to destroy the works of the devil in your life and in other people's lives and in other places. And the last kind of prayer is congregational prayer. That is what we do when we come to church. All right, so we have looked at the importance of prayer. Today, I want to talk about two important topics. The first one is keys to answered prayer. We'll read two important scriptures. The first one is Matthew 21, verse 22. And what things soever you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. So Jesus teaching on prayer, he made an important statement that whatever, somebody say whatever. It doesn't matter what you ask in prayer. Once you believe it, you have to receive answers. So it's whatever you ask. Mark 11, verse 24, he says, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Now, this scripture talks about, mentions some important words there. The first one is whatever. Uh, every now and then, I, I, I realize that there are things I forget to pray about. We pray about things when we think it is very spiritual, supernatural, or things that has to do with a breakthrough you need. But sometimes there are little, little things that we keep struggling with and struggling and struggling and struggling and never pray about it. There are things we just take responsibility for and say, we want to do it by ourselves. 
and never pray about it. It doesn't mean you should not take responsibility for your life and do things the way you need to do it. But sometimes you realize that it's easier for you to do everything when you put it into prayer. It's easier for you to do what? Everything, including parenting. If I ask how many people have ever prayed, Lord, show me how to train my children and bring them up. I don't think we'll get more than 10 people. Every parent believes he knows how to be a parent. I heard Dr. Otavo say one day that there is no parenting style that is the best. Every one of you train your children based on the way you were brought up. And sometimes some of the things you were brought up, the way you were brought up then, not every one of it is good for your children today. So simple things like parenting, we still need to pray to God to teach us how to do it. It is your responsibility. God won't take it away from you. So the Bible says whatever. Everybody say whatever. whatever. Everything you do. If you are promoted to a new office, ask God, Lord, show me how to do it. Don't say, yes, I've arrived. Now I'm come to show everybody how to do it right in this place. All the other people were, no, 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 no. You don't do that. You pray. Everything. Everything that you do in life, put it into prayer. Now, it says, whatever things you ask in prayer, believe that you receive. Everybody say receive. receive. It said, believe that you receive and you will have. Now, what's the difference between receiving and having? Receiving is when you believe the thing is done, but you haven't seen it yet. Having it is when it manifests in your hands physically. So you need to believe in prayer. So when you pray in faith, you receive. Then you have. That means there is a time between the answer to your prayer and the full manifestation. There is a time between the answer to your prayer and the full manifestation. The Bible said in um, 1 Samuel chapter 1, very important scripture, it says that verse 17, verse 17, then Eli answered and said to Hannah, look at what the priest said to Hannah, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked of him. Amen? What was Hannah praying for? A son. He was praying for a son. And the priest, seeing her faith, seeing her attitude, said, go in peace. And may God grant you your petition. Look at verse 18. And she said, let your maid servant find favor in your sight. In other words, amen to that. Amen to what the man of God declared. All right. So the woman went her way and ate. She was fasting. As soon as she heard that declaration, something in her told her is done. Something in her spirit says is done. She didn't have to carry the baby in her hands, but she knew it's done. She had received something. So she went and ate, and her face was no longer sad. You know you have received answer to your prayer when your attitude about the issue changes. So verse 19. Then they rose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord and, re- and came to the house of Ramah at Elkanah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. So it came to pass in the process 
of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son and called his name Samuel, saying, because I have asked of him from the Lord. The word Samuel means ask God or receive from the Lord. That's the meaning of the word Samuel. He was a child that was a result of prayer. And I've come to realize that anything you receive out of prayer is always great than anything you receive out of your own human technique. Anything you receive out of prayer is always great. Sometimes God will give you something great in life, he will delay it and lure you into the closet to pray. But look at Hannah's behavior. Her face was no longer sad. It means initially she was sad. And I love verse 20. He said, it came to pass in the process of time. Somebody say process. Now, the challenge with many Christians is that we don't like the word process. We like product. We don't like process. We want to become like somebody else overnight. When the person didn't become what he is overnight. If you see anybody's result you like, find out how he got there. What do we mean by process? Because Hannah had a sexual affair with, with the husband and she became pregnant. Did she give birth the same day? No. She had to become pregnant and she had to go through a nine-month period of pregnancy. That is the process. Did she receive her miracle on the day she prayed? Yes. But when did the child physically manifest? After nine months. After nine months. No amount of prayer would have made Hannah to give birth in four months or six months. It has to be nine months. Very important. I'll be coming back to this. And if you don't understand the, the difference between these two words Jesus used, how you receive and when you receive and when you have it, you will always mess up your blessings. You will always mess up your blessings. But I declare over your life that you will not mess up your blessings. Amen. Keys to answered prayer. Number one, decide specifically what you want from God. You have to be specific. Hannah said, give me a baby boy. Every time we do miracle service, I try to talk about this over and over and over. You must be very specific when you are making requests to God. You must be specific. Number two, locate at least one scripture verse that promises you access to that need. Every problem in this world that says scripture that provides solution to it. There's at least one scripture verse. There is no situation you find yourself in that there is no relevant scripture that addresses that issue. Now, why is the scripture very important? Scripture verse, because it builds your faith. It becomes the anchor for your faith. It becomes the ground on which your faith stands. Number two, the scripture is the basis for which you petition God. I said it when I was teaching the first time that the word petition is a legal word borrowed into scripture. And so when you stand in prayer doing supplication, you are petitioning the justice of God that it, this is what his word says. And based on that, he needs to do something about this situation. Very important. And the Bible said that God can never deny his word. He can never turn back at his word. So when you throw his word at him, you compel him to move quickly. 
because he's a just God. Number three, release your faith into this scripture verse. The scripture verse gives you a basis for faith. Meditate on that scripture verse, ponder upon it until your faith is totally fastened around that scripture. You believe it beyond all reasonable doubt. Number four, make your request to God with faith. Number five, ask or pray in the name of Jesus. Number six, thank God constantly for answers to your requests. Number seven, sow seeds of faith on your requests. Number eight, continue confessing that scripture verse until your request is granted. Prayer is not just talking anyhow in God's presence. There is a format. There is a procedure to praying effectively. You must be specific. You must ask. You must pray in faith. But even after you have finished praying, your attitude determines the answer. Because many times people pray, and after prayer, they destroy the answer. After you have prayed, that is why I come back to that word in Mark 11, verse 24, I think. Yes, Mark 11, 24. It said, believe that you have received. If you believe that you have received it, what do you do? You start thanking God for it. You haven't seen it physically, but you are th- every day you are thanking God. You, are, you stop complaining. Because many times we pray about something and when we finish, we continue complaining. And we continue confessing negatively. We say, hey, hmm, hey, now things are hard. Oh. Ah, these days, yeah, business is spoiled. Meanwhile, you just pray for God to bless your business. When you finish, you say, hey, these days, yeah, where, where the world is going out there, yeah, we don't even know. <laughs> we don't even know tomorrow. The business is just bizarre. Meanwhile, you just pray that God should bless the business. (laughs) So what are you doing? The words of your mouth is coming directly in confrontation to your prayer. So Satan is able to hinder answers to your prayer because you don't facilitate the speedy release of answers to your prayer by the way you talk and by the way you behave. The way you talked and the way you behave. If you believe that you have prayed over your business and God is going to bless it, you start thanking God for your business. Say, Father, I thank you. Things are difficult. The economy is not going well, but I thank you because I know you are able to prosper this business despite the negative economic environment. So I thank you for all that you are doing. Sometimes after praying, things don't change, but you keep thanking him. Say, Father, I thank you because change is taking place. I can't see it physically, but I know it's happening. And then you confess the scriptures that on which you prayed. You keep confessing the scripture with which you prayed. So the scripture says he will bless the work of our hands. You've prayed over your business. You must not speak negatively about that business again because you have prayed. You cannot speak negatively about that situation again. Because you have prayed. All you need to do is to keep confessing the word. You keep doing what? Confessing the word. Confessing the word. The word of God over that business. This business will not collapse. God said he will bless the work of my hands. This business will not go down. This business is going to prosper. I declare in the name of Jesus. I mean, you keep confessing because the words of our mouth carry power. The Bible says death and life is in the power of the tongue. 
You know, James chapter 3 says that the tongue is not supposed to both bless and curse at the same time. That means you don't, you don't speak blessing over your business in the, in the next minute you are speaking curses. The prevailing situation around you may be negative, but you don't say that one. Lord, this week, I pray for financial breakthrough. Your word says that no good thing will you withhold from those who walk uprightly. So money is good, and I need money this week. And your word says you will not withhold good things from me. So I pray in the name of Jesus that this week, let business do well. Let it be breakthrough. Let customers come. And I pray that the money I need for that particular project, let that money be released in Jesus' name. Amen. That is a good petition. But what do you do after that? Everybody you meet, hmm, Charlie, it's not easy. Hey, things are tough. Things are tight. I don't have any money. But the Bible said, believe that you have received. If you have received, it means you can't say, I don't have. And the reason why some people will be poor forever is because they love to say, I don't have. You know what I... The issue with poor people is that if you give them all the money in the world, they will hide it and still say, I don't have. Because poverty is a mindset. It's not an issue of the hand. It's an issue of the mind. So there are people you meet who don't have anything, but they don't talk negative. It's not pride. It's that they have understanding. They have understanding. And sometimes we think that when we talk like that before, with people, they'll sympathize with us and give us money. But you see, when you pray it, it is God who decides who to use to give to you. It's not you who should decide who God should use to give to you. That is the problem. Then you say, oh, God didn't do anything. I was expecting God to touch uh, uh, Dr. Beko, and he didn't do it. So you spend the whole day with Dr. Beko lamenting, lamenting, lamenting. But maybe at that time, Dr. Beko is talking positive, but he doesn't have money. That's the problem with many people. The fact that somebody is not complaining does not mean he has it all. Sometimes you will be shocked that the person you went to for help, maybe you have more than he has. The issue is the mind. God knows that at this material moment, Dr. Beko is going through some constraints, so he can't be able to give. But maybe Brother Samson has it. But because you are traditionally, you know it's this guy who has it. You call him 10 times a day. Ah, things. Oh, I wanted to check on you. It's not that he is checking on you. <laughs> he has prayed. He's looking for the answer to his prayer through him. That's not how we do it. Amen? If you pray, you believe that you have received, thank God every day for the answer to your prayer. Unless you still have the feeling you have not received it yet, then you need to continue praying. I'll talk about that later. Because there are times, there are certain needs in your life, you won't have that feeling the first time you prayed. Not every issue you will get an answer for it the first time of prayer. Hello? Talk to Elijah. He'll tell you I'm saying the truth. What did God tell Elijah? God told Elijah, go and go back and show yourself to Ahab. I'll bring rain. That is um, 1 Kings 18 verse 1. I'll bring rain. Do you know what Elijah said? 37, go and tell the king, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. But the Bible said that he went to climb Mount Carmel because the sky was still dry white. And he went to pray. He prayed for an hour and told his servant, go and check whether there's any cloud. 
The servant came and said, there's no cloud. And he prayed another hour. And he said, go and check. And the servant came and said, now the place is even whiter than before. Formerly it was light blue. Now it's pure white. Yeah, so Jesus thought about persistence in prayer. Luke chapter 18, verse 1. Look at Luke chapter 18, verse 1. He said, he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose hearts. So the fact that you prayed once, you didn't get an answer, does not mean you should give up. Now, I want to tell somebody today, there's an answer to your prayer, but you don't have to quit. If Elijah had prayed for only twice, there would have been no rest. They would have called him a false prophet. Even though what God said is true. He prayed for seven different times. Jesus said, men, always, somebody say always. always. I mean, it's all the time. There's answer to my prayer. No answer. I keep praying. There are prayers I've been praying since I became a pastor. I've not seen the answer yet. How many are here? You, all your prayers have been answered. But don't stop praying, amen? I said, don't stop praying, amen? Yeah, verse 2. Say, there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward, he said within herself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Then the Lord said, hear what the unjust just said, and shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long, though he delays, God will surely avenge those who cry to him day and night. Verse 8. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? So Jesus was giving a parable about persistence in prayer. And he said... The judge was, a, was an, an ungodly person, but he decided to give justice to the widow because the widow was persistent. The widow was persistent. The widow won't quit. She won't turn back. She won't give up. So prayer is not uh, get it quick. Some things you get it quick. Some things you have to really persist. And that reminds us of the three levels of prayer I taught on that um, last Sunday. You ask, you seek, you knock. You ask, that is petition. Or asking is what? Supplication. Seeking is the level of relationship. Getting closer and closer. So you can find out more and know more. Knocking is the level of warfare. Dealing with things in the spirit. Because some of the things you are asking God for, there's a, there's a battle surrounding it. There's a battle surrounding it. Beyond you. Because your life is not an island. You didn't just fall from the sky. You were born by somebody. And you are born into a family and you relate with people. There's the history surrounding the environment in which you are born. So you need to be mindful of that. So some prayers you are praying, the answer to that prayer affects a lot of things around you. Yeah. So it's not going to happen on a silver platter. It's going to happen to people who know how to pray. That is why every Christian must know how to pray. That's why I'm teaching this. Yeah. If you keep living, last week I'll be talking about Developing an effective prayer life. If you keep living your life like, oh, as a prayer, not my area. No, there's nothing like that. <laughs> there's nothing like that. Hello? 
There is no office called the office of an intercessor. Every believer is an intercessor. Some do it, some don't. And please, don't leave your destiny in the hand of anybody. So-called intercessors, dangerous. Some will mess up your life because of their ignorance. Must have a prayer life and pray. Thank God for your pastor's prayer, but you need to have a prayer life yourself. It makes the work easier. You know that the Bible says, when two shall agree. So I can be praying for you, and your prayer life disagrees with mine. So Hannah needed somebody to agree with her, to confirm the miracle. And when her pastor came and saw her praying, he said, may the Lord grant you your request. So you must have a request before a man of God can be a blessing to your life. And there's no man of God that can minister effectively to everybody. There are people no man of God can minister to because you are not ready to receive anything in the first place. Some people think men of God, you know, the prophetic anointing is like a button you press. No, it is people who are open in the spirit, hungry for something, focused in the spirit, and who have prayed to God, expecting an answer. They are the ones God will drag a man of God to. Somebody else is, doesn't need anything. He looks like he doesn't need anything. Even they say, let's pray. He's chatting on his phone. How can, it, it, then the person is not a true man of God. You see, so anybody who keeps telling you, don't worry, don't pray, I'm doing it all for you, that person is dangerous, he's destroying your life. And don't let any church member tell you that it is because of his prayer, that's why you are prospering. It is um, it's ignorance. I was going to use a more severe word, but uh, ignorance. It is what? Ignorance. He has made us kings and priests. The, the place of kingship is rulership. The, the place of priesthood is intercession. All of us, we have an intercessory mandate to pray for ourselves and pray for others. But because of laziness, some of us have ceded our destiny to people who are manipulating you, doing all kinds of things with your life in the name of they are praying for you. You don't want to pray yourself. Hello? Yes. And please, before you license yourself to pray for people, pray for yourself first. Because I will never go to somebody to pray for me whose own life has not been changed by his prayer. Can I say that again? Yes. Yes. How come your prayer is not working for you yourself? But you believe that you are the one who will pray for somebody before he will prosper. But your prayer hasn't made you prosperous. Then there's a question with your prayer life. Because your life is the number one evidence to the grace on your life. Your life is the number one evidence to the grace on your life. Are you hearing me? Yes. That is why <laughs> when I became a pastor, God taught me to pray for people, but he taught me to pray for myself too. I don't want to have rich people in the church that I will be dependent upon for the rest of my life. I want to be rich too. Are you hearing me? I want to be rich too. So I pray for everybody because that is my work as a pastor. That is my work. But tell you what, I pray for myself too. A lot. A lot. These 40 days of fasting, you have no idea the things I'm believing God for. Because what God cannot do in me, he cannot do it through me. What God cannot do in my life, he cannot do it through me. Yes, I have seen God take a man who had nothing 
and blessed him. So I can, I can preach that same God to you and believe God with you. That he can take you from nothing and bless you. So have a prayer life. Have what? A prayer life. If there's one thing I desire for everybody this month, it's not money, it's not cars. Because you can never stop a man or a woman who knows how to pray. You can't. You can never defeat a man or woman who knows. Prayerful people are dangerous people. One time you think they are finished. The next minute, because there is something in the closet. The Bible says, your heavenly father who sees in secret, huh? he shall openly reward you. Openly. So, if I can tell you today, thank God for knowledge, wisdom. I study a lot. I do a lot of things. I live uprightly. <laughs> but there's one thing that I believe has brought me this far, is prayer. Oh, yes. I believe in prayer. I believe in it a lot. I believe prayer works. No, my prayers are answered, but I still believe in prayer. And I'll never stop praying. Thank God for intercessors. I have intercessors in this church, but I pray. In fact, more than all of them. I pray more than all my intercessors, which is unfortunate. <laughs> Sometimes my pastors say that, I, I, that the time I ask them to pray is too long. Well, what can we do? I pray grace for prayer on your life. Amen. I said, I pray for the grace of prayer to come upon your life. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. Let's do the last one for today. Reasons why people don't receive answers to prayer. Reasons why many fail to receive answers to prayer. Reasons why people do not receive answers to prayer. Number one, unforgiveness. <laughs> this part is not going to be very exciting, but uh, this part of the teaching will not be that exciting, but don't worry, we'll, we'll get to more exciting places probably next week or next two weeks, amen? So when it's hitting you, just relax and repent. When the preaching hits you, you repent, amen? Don't be annoyed, amen? All right, so number one reason why many people do not receive answers to prayer is unforgiveness. Mark 11, verse 25. Mark 11, 25. We'll read it together because it's very important. Let's, are you ready or you are still writing? I don't want anybody to not look at the scripture because of writing. Can we read now? Ready, go. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. 26. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. You see, when you stand praying, forgive. So somebody can become the stumbling block to your prayer because of his bad character and lifestyle. So forgiveness helps you more than the person who has offended you. Forgive. Everybody say forgive. forgive. Is there somebody you are still holding in your heart? And forgiveness, I've thought on it long, isn't it? It means what? Refuse to retaliate. Don't retaliate anybody. Leave them to God. Vengeance belongs to God. God is the judge. Refuse to retaliate. Yeah. It doesn't mean everybody should be your friend. 
There are people who hate you so bad, they can't be your friends again, but don't retaliate them. Don't hate and don't hate them. If you hate people, you are ungodly. You're not a good Christian. Don't hate people. Second reason why many do not receive answers to prayer is lack of faith. James 1.5. If anyone lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach. And it will be given to him. Verse 6 says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Verse 7 is more serious. He said, for let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. So, sometimes lack of faith. You prayed, you sweat, you clapped, you shouted, you screamed, you cried, but you didn't believe. Wouldn't that do a good rap? Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> You didn't believe. You did everything else except believe. That is why it takes it back to what I just thought. Keys to answered prayer. You must, you must have a basis for your faith. Yeah. And the easiest way is the scriptures. The scriptures. That is why it's good to read the Bible. This year we are reading the Bible. Many of you are not reading. I can feel it when I'm praying for you. Many of you are not reading. You see, but the more you read the Bible, the more you get to see, oh, this also, there's a promise here for me. Then you underline them, and when you are praying, you take the word. It gives you the basis for faith. Faith comes by what? Hearing. Yes. So the word of God is able to build your faith and enhance your prayer life. You see, ignorant Christians are also prayerless Christians. And when I say prayerless, I don't mean they don't pray. They pray, but they don't pray effectively. Because the basis for your prayer must be faith. It doesn't matter who you are. Once you are born again, you are a child of God, you are entitled to God's intervention and God's response and God's blessings in your life. It's your right. I said it's your right. You have the right to every blessing from God only on the basis of faith. So Jesus said, believe when you pray, when you ask whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have what? Received and you will have it. So if you don't believe that you have received, you will not have it. Many people pray, but they don't believe that they have received. How do I know? Because of the way they keep talking. You just prayed, but you keep talking. Negative. You keep talking negative. You keep saying, talking as if you, you have received nothing, so you have nothing. What you receive becomes the basis of what you will have. How do you receive? Believe that you have received it. <laughs> and sometimes it's not easy. When the physical situation is still the same, when the physical situation is still the same, and then you claim you have received. Yeah, that is what happened to Abraham. Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. Let's look at Abraham. Abraham didn't get Isaac overnight. Oh, it took 25 solid years. But thank God he received it. I don't care how long you wait. I care that you should receive. Okay. Romans 4 from um, verse 21, I think. Okay, let's read from verse 20. He did not waver at the promise of God. 
through unbelief. So what was happening to Abraham? God had made him a promise. God is a promise. I'll give you a son through Sarah. Mm -hmm. First time, God said, I'll give you a son. And so, well, if it's a son, oh, Sarah is not becoming pregnant. Let's have one through Hagar. Later, God came and said, okay, now I want to say it proper. I'm going to give you a son through Sarah. 25 years of waiting. Calling yourself Abraham, father of nations. And it is not he himself who got up and started calling himself Abraham. It was God who told him from today. Don't call yourself Abraham. Call yourself Abraham. So what was God trying to do to Abraham? He was trying to let him know that you cannot keep calling yourself poor and become rich. You cannot keep calling yourself failure and become successful. You cannot keep calling yourself nobody and become great. You become what you call yourself. So prayer is not going to cancel how you call yourself. Prayer will not cancel how you call yourself. Prayer will not cancel how you call yourself. So after praying, you have to take that promise of God in his word and hold on to it. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was what? Strengthening in faith, giving glory to God. He was always thanking God. Anytime you wake up, you see the stars in the night. He said, oh God, I thank you. One day my descendants are going to be numerous. I don't have a child today, but I'm a father of nations. Is he not a father of nations now? Is he not? He is. But you don't know how many times they laughed at him. How many times they said, oh, he's coming. Who? Oh, Aquano, father of nations. Father of nations. He's coming. They laughed at him. But he did not waver at the promise of God. He had a promise from God and he held on to it. He held on to it in prayer. And he believed. So unbelief. Many people don't receive answers to prayer. Not because God is not faithful, but because you prayed, but you don't believe it. The way you talk, the way you behave, everything shows that you don't have faith. You don't have faith. You are praying that God will prosper your business, but your, your behavior shows that you don't even believe God can prosper that business. Because your attitude to the business is, is horrible. But if you believe, if you believe that God can prosper that business, he will prosper it. And prosperity has nothing to do with a career or the kind of business you do. It has to do with a person. That is why every profession, there are rich people and there are poor people. Every profession, including farming. There are farmers that are very rich. There are farmers I know today who farm and export everything they produce. Another farmer is doing the same product, cassava, and all he's saying, so, you know, we poor people, we poor people, you know, we poor people, what can cassava farm do for you? We poor people, we poor. Somebody is exporting cassava. Cassava is a, it's a serious business now. So it's not about the profession. There are hairdressers that are rich. Some are poor. There are tailors that are rich. And there are tailors that are poor. There are lawyers who are rich and lawyers that are poor. And there are pastors who are rich and pastors who are poor. And if you must know, the pastors who are poor, they are far more than those who are rich. If everybody, somebody tells you, oh, pastors are rich, oh, pastor is a lucrative business, try it. <laughs> I encourage you. Try it. I dare you. Try it and show me that it's a lucrative business. Try it. Stop what you are doing. Become a pastor. Start a church by the other side. Put a signboard. And show me that it's lucrative. It has nothing to do with the profession. 
Let your children do anything they want to do. Is a mindset, is a blessing on their lives that will make them rich. There are artists that are very rich. There are artists that are poor. Even you see that they are signboard alone, you know that is poverty. <laughs> there are paintings, there are drawings of artists on, on a canvas that one, draw, one painting you hang in your room is a million dollars. One, one painting. In fact, if you take paintings of somebody like Pablo Picasso, who is dead, one painting is 100 million dollars. In fact, you can't keep it in your house. They, live, they, they save them in museums. You can't keep, if you keep it in your house, you, you won't live long. <laughs> in fact, you won't be suffering from local arm robbers, international ones will come after your house. 100 million dollars hanged in your house. What am I going to do with, what is it going to do to me? How can I, what do I, how do I need to spend 100 million dollars over one painting for? What, is it not feeding me? Just hang it. When I look at it, I don't become healthy. <laughs> but people are buying it. People are buying it. Yeah. So you must believe. Say, I believe. I believe. You must believe. Lack of faith is hindering many, many, many people's prayers. Lack of faith. Lack of faith. You just finish praying the way you will talk. Oh, the way you talk. Sometimes you don't want to say, but people come and introduce the subject, and you are feeling shy that you offend them, so you join them. Do you know these days, business is not going to do well at all for the next five years? You say, yes, yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, tell the person, no, my own will do well. Yeah. I accept that the economy is bad, things are not going well, but I believe God that my own will do well. Yeah. Don't be feeling shy of, of telling the truth to be one you are with people. Because you don't want to be laughed at. If nobody laughs at, at your faith, your faith is not being exercised properly. To exercise your faith really, truly, there are people who should laugh at you. Because sometimes it don't make sense. Faith doesn't operate in the five senses. Are you hearing me? So don't expect to make sense all the time. Are you here? Number three, uh, reason why many do not receive answers to prayer is praying contrary to God's will. First John 5. Verse 14, he said, this is the confidence we have that if we ask anything according to his will, he answers, he hears us. If we ask anything according to what? His will. So if it's not God's will that that person should be the one to help you, you can pray and pray and pray. He won't touch the person. Oh Lord, touch brother Joe. Speak to him. Your words say the heart of kings your hand. Like a river you turn everywhere you wish. I let every stony heart be broken. I break it in the name of Jesus. I break it in the name of Brother Joe is not the one God wants to use. So it's not the will of God. If that guy is not the one God wants to marry you, you can fast and pray. I bind you. I arrest you. <laughs> hey, people can pray. I declare in the name, name of Jesus, you will not look at any other lady. You look only at me. I'm just teaching ladies how you pray. <laughs> you have to pray. But if the best is not God's will for you, he'll go and propose to your friend. And don't be annoyed about it. Just thank God for delivering you from future crisis. Because if God should answer that prayer you are praying, it's crisis for you. God can see the future. He knows that that guy is not the right guy for you. So when the guy came and said, 
um, I'm breaking up. So, okay, you go. I know what to do to you. Then you declare seven days fasting. <laughs> then you tell your friend, he says he's going, but don't worry. By the time I'm through with him, he'll come back. He won't come back. Because it's not the will of God. <laughs> After seven days of fasting, he would have been the guy who, that's why he's even going further. <laughs> if we ask anything according to his will, there are places God will not want you to wear. You close the door. Come pray. For the next 10 years, that door will never open. Because God knows the problem you face in that place. Sometimes, that is how it happens. You must be sensitive to the will of God as you You must be sensitive to the will of God as you pray. I tell people all the time, whatever is yours, nobody will take it away from you. That's, that's what I believe. I mean, how can God decide something for this guy and then this brother will take it from God? From God. Can you take it from God? What is not yours? It's not yours. So stop blaming somebody for taking what is yours. It wasn't yours. If it's yours, nobody can take it. Yeah, it's not yours. You mistakenly called it yours. So there are certain things that happen. You just let it go. I say, you do what? Let it go. The will of God. It doesn't mean everything you are praying, say, pray, Father, it's your will, bless me. No, there are, certain, there are certain things that the will of God is very clear on it. There are certain issues in your life. The will of God is clear. His will is that you, you should prosper and be in good health and live long. You can't say, Lord, if it's your will, let me live long. If it's not your will, let me die early. We don't pray like that. You must live long. I declare you will live long. Amen. I said, I declare you will live long. Amen. I declare you will prosper. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. But how do you prosper? How do you prosper? Every one of us, God has his own plan and design for us. You may hear my story. This is how God blessed me. And then you too, you want to rush. You know, I said it every time. If I tell you that it is brother blessed who bought a car for me, may you buy a car for me one day. Now, it doesn't mean you to rush there. No, maybe brother blessed may not be the one who buy you a car. Maybe his sister, eh, the sister over there, maybe she's the one who buy you a car. Hallelujah. Yeah. God's design for us is different. It varies from people to people to people to people. So you must know the will of God. You must discern the will of God. Sometimes we are so stubborn with what we want that we don't even listen to God. Yes. Sometimes God is talking to us, but we don't listen. Sometimes God is telling you that thing you are praying for. When I wanted to go to the university, I got admission. I didn't have money the first year to go to the university. That was uh, 2000. I wanted to go and do theology in Central University. I was a pastor, assistant pastor in Hosanna Temple. I did not have money there. I had a letter. I prayed and prayed and prayed. Nothing. So I stayed. I didn't get angry with God. didn't get angry with anybody. I spoke to people. None of them was willing to help. Sometimes God can touch people to help you. He can also touch people not to help you. So if you're angry with people, you are not serious with yourself. Nobody owes you anything. If you understand what I'm saying now, you will prosper greatly. Nobody owes you nothing 
in this life. Not even your parents owes you anything. That's why you don't have a right blaming your parents for not taking care of you. Their job is to give birth to you. They have finished their work. Anything else they did for you. Oh, yes. Yes, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You see, you see that is why some people are failures for life. Are you hearing me? Because I've met people, I've met people who lost their parents early and became very greatly successful, more than people who lived in their parents' home for the rest of their life. Yes, because your thinking is your parents owe you. You, you won't amount to much in life. I was reading recently, the first 10 billionaires in the world, none of them inherited their wealth. They worked for it themselves. They earned it, they created their wealth themselves. They did not inherit it from parents. So back to my story. Following year, I reapplied because I knew this uh, course, I need to take it. I reapplied. Do you know what happened this following year? Two people gave me money for the first semester. I mean, the full amount from the one person, full amount from another person, the same time for one semester. Because this one didn't know somebody has given me. This one didn't know somebody has given me. That's what I did. I paid for the whole year in the first semester. Miracle. That's one year ago. Even one semester money I did not have. A year later, I have two semesters, the money. And you know what happened all through my university education? One person didn't pay my school fees twice. Every semester, God brings somebody else. Every semester, God brings somebody else. The church never paid for my fees, for your information. The church didn't pay for my fees. I prayed and believed God. And I graduated by the grace, by the grace of God. What if I had got angry with people? I decided not to reapply this following year. I would have still been your pastor with no education. So that is life. The will of God. Everybody say the will of God. Sometimes doors close to you because it's not God who opened it. You forced it open by yourself. You forced it open. You wanted God to keep holding it for you to go through. We ask according to his will, he will hear us. If it's not his will, he doesn't answer. Number four is praying with the wrong motive. Wrong motives like competition. Oh, somebody has it. Me too, I must get it right now. Somebody bought a car. Your car is not spoiled. Hey, me too, I must get a car. Somebody is marrying Abba. I must marry right now. Lord, do something right now. Don't disgrace me. What has somebody's marriage got to do with your disgrace? <laughs> Why do you feel ashamed that somebody is blessed? We all can be blessed at the same time. That somebody has a house you don't have, that doesn't mean you should feel ashamed. Yeah, you should be happy for, for somebody and, know, and, 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 and believe that oh, when is your time, you have your house too. Yeah, wrong motives. James 4, verse 3. You ask and you do not receive because what? You ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Mm. Wrong motives. Self-centeredness. It's all about you. Every decision you are making is just about you. You don't think about others. You don't think about your family when you are making the decisions. Some of the decisions you are making, it's not good for your family, but ah, you don't care. It's not good for your company, but oh, I don't care. It's me. Get all you can. Can all you get. Sit on the gun. <laughs> that you may spend it on your own pleasure. Life is not only about pleasure. Life is about purpose. It's not every day it's a party. 
If you want to have a party every day, you'll be a mediocre. You'll never be successful. Sometimes you need to go through pain today in order to have gain tomorrow. Pain. You have to understand that you can't drag God into your wrong motives. You cannot drag God into your competition or your quarrels. You cannot drag God into your quarrel. If you're quarreling with somebody, it doesn't mean God should be quarreling with a person. If you hate somebody, that doesn't mean God hates the person. Don't forget. Sometimes you may hate somebody, blessed, getting blessed. You, you just be surprised. But God is blessing the person. But you hate the person, but God is blessing the person. Because don't you ever think God is for you alone. <laughs> Some people think God is their own personal property. You bundle it, put in your arm, it is for you alone. No. God is for all of us. God loves all of us. So that you may spend it on your pleasures, wrong motives. Show off. Well, let me prove a point. Let me show them that me too, I'm there. You want to get certain things for your own self-glory, not for God's glory. So God will wait till you humble. He will wait. Sometimes certain things will delay in your life because... You don't know how to give glory to God. You don't know how to give glory to God. You are so proud. Everything, you are taking the credit. You behave, you boast. You know what is boasting? God hates it like something. Don't use your success to spite somebody's failure. God will never answer your prayer again. Are you hearing me? Let's say you have a child. You, have somebody, you know somebody who doesn't have a child. Every day, hey, I thank God, ask for me. You know, the, the way I, hey, when I'm married, the way I prayed, eh? Hey. Devil is a lie. He can't stop me from having children. It's not your prayer that gave you children. People more can pray more than you don't have children. By the way, not all children are the same. Ask Hannah, she'll tell you. So wait till that person also has children, then compare them to your own. You realize that you are nothing. You and your children, or you are nothing. <laughs> because when Hannah started having children, we didn't hear of Penina again. She fizzled. You know why? Because she was always boasting. She was always boasting. When God bless you, it's not so that you can undermine others. You know, it is not so that you can look down on people, treat people. Look, if God promotes you at a place, the people working under you, it doesn't mean they have become animals. God will remove you one day with your pride. You can get angry and, and, and pray against people. It, God, who, who, listen, when you pray, it's God who answers it to. Not you yourself who go to heaven and become God and answer your own prayer. <laughs> it's God who answers it. When God gives you privilege, you must make sure that you don't take the credit for what God is doing in your life. Don't take the credit for what God is doing in your life. People, are you hearing me? Yes. Hey, if God bless you, have a wonderful marriage. All your sisters are not married. It doesn't mean you should look down on them and treat them like they are, they are fools. No, some of them are smarter than you. It's just some grace that is keeping you in that marriage. Yeah, if your children are well behaved, it's some grace. It's not because you are the best parent. So don't, don't, don't deceive yourself. Don't deceive yourself. Well, don't see somebody's child wayward and then you begin to talk. How can a Christian? And you know, sometimes we talk like, excuse me, say, we talk, you know, not nice. We talk not nice. <laughs> uh, I'm trying a lot. I'm trying today, but I'm trying. It's grace. I said it's grace. Yeah. Somebody prayed more than you, but is not yet blessed as you are. Don't boast. Don't undermine people. Don't be scornful. Don't treat people 
as if they are less human. It's only a matter of time. You never know when you meet that person tomorrow. If somebody has Jesus in his life, be careful because he's a surprise in the making. I'm talking about you. You are a surprise in the making. Yeah. All my life. Many people have treated me so bad, they have, they have regretted for what they've done. Because they never thought, maybe some of you knew me when I became a pastor. You will never have imagined I will reach where I've reached. But when you have Jesus in your life, eh, you are a very great surprise. You are a dangerous person. Yeah. In the making. So, Wrong motives. Don't pray for the wrong motives. God will answer it. Envy. God will answer your envy. Are you hearing me? God will answer your envy. God will answer your jealousy. God will answer your competition. God will answer. Number five, pray with the wrong attitude. Pray with the wrong attitude. I spoke about that last Sunday, so I won't spend more time, time on it. Pray with the wrong attitude. An example of praying at wrong attitude is you want to impress people that you are prayerful. That's a bad attitude. Prayer is not for show off. If you are prayerful, let God know. Let God see it is enough. When we were younger, we used, to do, we used to compete. If somebody pray one hour, then we pray two hours. We just want to show that we can pray more than somebody. The motive was not to pray. It was just to beat somebody. So we used to compete. Ignorance. Somebody pray three hours, so we will do four just to maintain our seniority in prayer. That is not the purpose of prayer. Don't pray with the wrong attitude. Pray with the right attitude. The purpose of prayer is to receive from God. It is a communication between you and your God. No third parties. No third parties. No third parties. It's between you and who? God. Once God has heard you, it's enough. Don't finish praying and try to go and answer it yourself. That is not prayer. Don't pray. And when you finish, you go out of the prayer closet and then you try to answer it yourself. No. That is a wrong attitude. You are trying to say, I don't believe God can do it, so I do it for him. So God, I think you are too busy. I think you are too busy. Or I think you don't have time for me, so let me take care of it on your behalf. <laughs> God doesn't need your help. <laughs> God doesn't need your help. I said God doesn't need your help. He can do all things at all times. Trust him and leave things in his hands. Your duty is to pray. His duty is to answer. Your duty is to pray. His duty is to answer. Don't go and do the, the duty of answering. Okay? Number six, living a life of ungodliness and wickedness. So I'll, I'll leave it for next week. Let's come back to this next week, amen? Go and be thinking about it. If you are living a life of ungodliness and wickedness, and be reading the scriptures during the week, I'll come back to it. And the last one is failing to pay your vows. I'll show you in scripture how vows are very important to answered prayers. Yeah. When I say vows, I mean vows at all levels, even in marriage. If you are unfaithful to your spouse, you are breaking a vow because you, you made a vow to your spouse at the altar of God. First Peter 3 says, sometimes your prayer will not be answered. And it is not only to the men, it's also to the women. Vows in marriage, vows in any circumstance, sometimes in church. We'll talk about that next week. 
Have you learned something today? Let's rise up and pray. Thank the Lord for your life. Thank the Lord. Open your mouth and thank the Lord. Open your mouth and thank him. Give him thanks. Give him thanks. Thank him thanks. Give him thanks. Shaka We give you praise. We are going to pray. I want you to be focused. And I want you to believe God to receive something. Pray, 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 pray. Thank the Lord. 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 Thank the Lord for your life. Thank the Lord for all he's doing in your life. Let's go to Isaiah 45. Last Sunday we started a journey. That says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I've held, to subdue nations before him and lose the armor of kings to open the before him the double door so that the gates will not be shut. Amen. I believe personally that there's something about this scripture that relates to you and I, that relates to life, the temple. Amen. That there is something God is doing. There's a move of the spirit in the house and is going to bring blessings that relate to the context of this scripture. I want everybody to pay attention and pray these prayers seriously with focus, with faith. Amen. With faith. So we're going to verse 2 now. I think we did verse 2 on Friday. That's why I encourage everybody to come to church on Friday. I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. I'll break in peace the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron. Today, I want us to go to verse 3. I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of the secret places that you may know that I, the Lord, who call you by name, am the God of Israel. There was a prophecy made about a man called Cyrus. This prophecy was made by Isaiah 155 years before Cyrus was born. Isaiah never knew him, never met him, he prophesied as the Lord spoke to him. Everything God spoke through Isaiah came to pass in the life of this man. And somebody, I believe there's a, there's a prophetic destiny concerning your life. Long before you were born, God had a plan concerning your life. And for some of you, it is for you to become blessed like Cyrus because he has a purpose concerning that blessing. And the season has come for you to enter a new dimension of blessing. Somebody say, new dimensions of blessing. Somebody to write and say, in the name of Jesus, I declare over my life, this is my season of new dimensions in the blessings of God. In the name of Jesus, this is my season for new dimensions in the blessings of God. In the name of Jesus, today, I reach out by faith and I receive favor by the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon my life in the name of Jesus and I command the immediate release of my prophetic destiny in the name of Jesus. The immediate release of my prophetic destiny according to the eternal plan of God. According to the eternal plan of God concerning my life in the name of Jesus. According to the eternal plan of God my prophetic destiny, I command now my prophetic destiny to be released 
according to the eternal plan of God before the foundation of the world concerning my prophetic destiny in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Lift up your voice and pray. In the name of Jesus. Everybody lift up your voice and pray. Everybody pray over your life in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus that today you will enter a new dimension of the blessings of God concerning your life. In the name of Jesus that you will enter a new dimension. Pray, 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 pray. Shaka, lose it here. In the name of Jesus. Lift up your right hand. Say in the name of Jesus. I take authority over my life. And I declare, oh my father, it is written in your word, you will go ahead of me. Oh my father, today I pray over my life. Go ahead of me. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let every crooked path be straightened. Let every mountain be leveled. In the name of Jesus. Go ahead of me right now and give to me the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of the secret places. In the name of Jesus. Clap your hands and pray now, everybody. In the name of Jesus, go ahead of me. I pray over my life. Favor. Somebody say hidden riches of secret places. Somebody say treasures of darkness. Hallelujah. Now, if God is talking about treasures of darkness, then there is something called treasures of darkness. A treasure hidden from the eyes of any human being. And I want to say, by this scripture, there are still riches hidden from everybody. God kept it for somebody. And I believe that you are one of such people. God has kept some hidden treasures of darkness for you. Because if it wasn't hidden, somebody would have taken it. 
God still has blessings in store for you. Amen. God still has riches in store for you. Hallelujah. Amen. Treasures of darkness. And he said, hidden riches of the secret places. You know, there was a man called Stephen Jobs. Steve Jobs, sorry. This man was uh, raised in an orphanage. Can you imagine? The mother became pregnant when she was in the university. Thank God she did not abort. But as soon as the child was born, he said, um, this child will not interfere with my academic uh, ambitions. Is it not miserable? So she went to, they went to dump him in the orphanage. Steve Jobs grew up in an orphanage. In fact, he never met the parents till he died because he said he doesn't want to see them. So somebody went and adopted him who was not his real father, biological father, and brought him up. Steve Jobs dropped out from the university, I think in the second year, and started working on some invention. That's what we called hidden riches of the secret places. That invention in the garage developed into a company called Apple. Good. Apple is the first company in the world that made $1 trillion. One product, one invention, one idea. $1 trillion. What will you do with all that kind of money? He's dead now, but Apple is still the leading business organization in the world. We all like Apple. Even though it's not a full Apple, its part is chopped, but we like it. We like iPhones, we like iPad, we like MacBooks and uh, everything I, we like it. That was an invention of one man can make a trillion dollars. So there's something about to come out from you that will make more than trillion. Amen. I'm sharing this story because Steve Jobs was not an extraordinary person from infancy. He was a human being with same challenges like you and I, difficulties like, but I don't know. He had qualities of, of, of character developed that is very amazing. He was not a Christian. He was not a Christian. But uh, if somebody can do this, I think that people who died in the 80s never saw Apple. Never saw Apple. People who died in the 70s never saw Apple. So the people who died in the 70s, if you meet them in heaven, you're talking about iPhone, they'll be asking, they'll be wondering, what are you talking about? Apple products started coming, I think, in the 90s. Yes, in the 90s. I don't know. I think it's the 90s. Apple products started coming in the 90s. So there are still products yet to come. It takes Christians with understanding. Understanding. Say, I receive understanding. Oh, I can't hear. Say, I receive understanding. Concerning my prophetic destiny. In the name of Jesus. I receive understanding. Concerning my prophetic destiny, in the name of Jesus, my Father, give me wisdom and understanding concerning my prophetic destiny, in the name of Jesus. Clap your hands and pray for wisdom and understanding. Dibala dana magabada badaba roboko shagada bahata la para dilimane greno makofelo dea debala dana makapala la badama nakadaba 
In the name of Jesus. Lift it up. We haven't really started praying seriously yet. Lift it up. Say, my father. Today, I stand on your word. And I pray over my life. Let the hidden riches of the secret places and the treasures of darkness come to me right now in the name of Jesus. Clap your hands and pray. Let the hidden riches of the secret places come to me. Let the treasures of the darkness come to me. Let the treasures that are in the dark places come to me. Let the treasures that are in the dark places come to me in the name of Jesus. Rogada, lava balagalabadea, bo retepeko di zababa. Let the treasures that are in the dark. Lift up your two hands, everybody. I command a mantle of greatness and prominence to come upon you. May you be lifted from ordinariness to excellence and to prominence. In the name of Jesus, may you be lifted. May you be lifted. Receive that mantle. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. It's coming upon people. It's going to take you from the back to the front. It's going to take you from nowhere to the top. In the name of Jesus. You will stand out every, anywhere you are. In the name of Jesus. You will excel anywhere you are. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the area of your profession, you will stand out. Yeah, in the area of your, your kind of business or career, you will be among the names that will be mentioned. You will be among the prominent people that will be mentioned. In, in concerning that business you do or that career you have, in, 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 in your unique career, you will not be among the crowd. Amen. You will be among the leading figures, personalities. Amen. Receive that grace now! In the name of Jesus! Something is happening here today. God is changing people's status. God is changing people's situations. God is changing people's stories. God is changing people's location. God is changing people's positions. Receive grace on your life. Receive mantles of prominence. Receive it now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God is doing some miracle for somebody now. There's somebody that I need now. There's something happening in life for somebody. I need to pray for somebody right now. I feel the power of God is doing a work in the life of that person. Bring, bring me the people. Bring them to me. There's something that God is doing right now. The power of God is going to show me who the people are. Great are you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, receive favor. Nobody knows you today, but I pray over your life. Great you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Oh. chapter 1. Give me Ezra chapter 1. Don't go. I want to pray for it. Now in the year, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, I hope you remember Cyrus. Very good. That the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put in writing, saying, Thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, all the kingdom of the earth, the Lord God of heaven has given me. See how an unbeliever king is talking. I don't know whether this, this guy got to know God Somehow, I don't know. He wasn't, he wasn't a Jew. But some way, somehow, this guy, this, this guy understood what prophetic destiny means. He understood why he became king. Hallelujah. That, that says the king of... Don't go, I want to pray for him. That says the king of Persia. All the kingdoms of the earth, the Lord God has given me, 
and he has commanded me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Hallelujah. Cyrus was saying that the Lord God Almighty has given me all the kingdoms of the world, and he has commanded me to build a temple, a house for him at Jerusalem. At that time, Jerusalem was totally destroyed. The temple of Solomon was destroyed. Hello? And, and was destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar. And when Nebuchadnezzar conquered Jerusalem, he carried all the Israelites to Babylon. But look at what happened in Jeremiah 29, verse 10. Look at what happened. When they were carried out of Babylon into, sorry, they were carried out from Jerusalem into Babylon. This is the prophecy Jeremiah made. He said, for that says the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word towards you and cause you to return. So, Jeremiah was prophesying that word. The Jews will return back to Jerusalem. After how many years? 70 years. Then Isaiah got up and said, it will happen through a certain guy. His name is Cyrus. All these people prophesied long before Cyrus was born. The only man of God who was alive in the time of Cyrus was a prophet by the name Daniel. Look at Daniel chapter 9. Look at Daniel chapter 9. 1. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of the line of the Medes, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of the years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet. See, Daniel was referring to Jeremiah's prophecy in Jeremiah 29, verse 10. He said he came across it. That's why reading is good. That's why reading the Bible is good. Because in the Bible, there's something written about you, particular. There's a scripture in the, in the verse in the Bible. It's, it was put there for you. If you find it, I'm telling you, your life will change. Daniel found out that he will accomplish what? 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. Verse 3. Verse 3. Then I set my face towards the Lord to make requests by prayer and supplication with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. What is, what is this story telling us? Daniel came across one day that, ah, we are supposed to be in captivity for 70 years. 70 years has come. We are still in bondage. Then Daniel said, no. I must take this prophetic word, pray so that freedom will come. So when Daniel started praying, then Cyrus emerged, conquered Babylon, freed the Israelites. And then the Bible said in Ezra chapter 1, in the first year he became king, God touched his heart. So some of you, you are an answer to somebody's prayer. You came around because God has an agenda. Before time began. I mean, ask yourself, how could you survive up to now? All that you've been through, you never died. Is it, do you think you are smart? No, it's not that you are smart. It's because God needs you. You are an answer to somebody's prayer. You are, you are a solution to a generational problem. 
And some of you, your life must impact the history of the world. <laughs> you know, you know there are people you can't forget about globally. A young student in the university started developing some something on the in, on the computer and using internet to link students to interact. Today we call it Facebook. Can you write the history of the world without talking about Facebook now? I mean, look at the number of hours you spend on it on Facebook every day. Today, Facebook is the owner of Facebook is 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 among the first five wealthiest people in the world. But he's solving problems, isn't he? He has linked the whole world together. I mean, our members in UK, US, they are watching us now because of Facebook. You know, when I took over this church, first seminar I did for church workers, I told them that one day we will have church and people will watch all over the world. How many remember in that seminar? You remember, Anita? Yes. At that time, Facebook had not started live stream. There was nothing like live streaming. So more is coming on, more. more. More things are coming. That time, I was saying that there was Facebook, but there was nothing like live streaming. The only way to link the whole world with your service is TV, television. So when I was saying it, I was thinking one day God will bless us to, to go on an international television. I, didn't, I never thought of Facebook. But now, we have members in China, we have members in Germany, in Denmark, in Canada, in US, in UK, in everywhere. And they watch our services, sometimes live, sometimes not live, but they are able to watch. So Facebook is solving a problem. So they are, their company is not rich by accident. They solve a problem. Hello? When God makes you the solution, you see, one way God will make you wealthy is that he will make you the solution to people's problems. Amen? Amen. Yes. So, so dream of a business organization that will solve global problems. That's the only way you become wealthy. Now, so if God is telling you that he's about to make you wealthy, what he's going to do is that he's going to give you a business that will solve global problems. Amen? Amen? Amen. Or he will put a potential in you, something in you that the world will look for. Amen. Are you ready to pray that? Yes. Are you ready to pray that? Yes. Are you ready to pray that? Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. So you are not an accident. Your life is not an accident. Amen. Amen. There's something special about your life. There's something unique about your life. There's something awesome about your life. Amen. And in this time of prayer and fasting, I want you to believe God to reveal to you all that you were destined to be. Amen. Say, my father, my father. today... I receive divine revelation concerning my prophetic destiny in the name of Jesus. Every mystery surrounding my prophetic destiny, I command it to be revealed right now in the name of Jesus. Clap your hands and pray, everybody. Every mystery, every mystery, every mystery, every mystery, every mystery. Robo bolo 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 b
Every mystery surrounding my prophetic destiny, I command it to be revealed. I command it to be revealed. I command it to be revealed. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Everybody be seated. We can't finish this today, one step at a time. Listen to me. Everything about your life will make sense to you when you begin to receive revelation about your prophetic destiny. Everything about your life, including mistakes you have made, problems you have been through, anything that has happened in your life will make sense to you when you begin to receive revelation from God about God's divine plan concerning your prophetic destiny. Are you following me? Yeah, so I'm praying for you that in the remaining days of this month, as we fast and pray, your life will make sense to you. Amen? Amen. Yeah, your life will make sense to you. The battles you go through will make sense to you. Because some of you, you know, you say all the time, I mean, I don't understand why I'm going through so much problem. I'm going through so much battles. I don't know. I mean, there must be something special about you. Because Satan doesn't waste his time on nothing. He wastes his time on something precious. Hello? If the devil has narrowed down on you, there must be something you are carrying. No arm robber robs uncompleted houses. Arm robbers don't rob uncompleted buildings. They rob houses that have electric fence with dogs inside. They will still maneuver and go in because there's something in the house that they want. Hello? Yes. So your life must begin to make sense to you. It helps you not to live your life anyhow. Something begins to tell you you can't live anyhow. You can't dress anyhow. You can't eat everywhere. You can't walk with everybody. Something in you tells you there's something special about you, that you need to conduct your life in a very way, in a very, you know, serious way. You have nothing in your pocket, but you are serious-minded because something in you tells you that your future is greater than your presence. May you receive revelation, amen? Yeah. That is what will make you, not, make you meet rich people and not reduce yourself in their sight. Because something you, tells, something you tells you that I can be richer than this guy in 10 years' time. Amen? 
something you tells you, I mean, this is time, my time is coming. You, 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 you live your life by purpose, not by trial and error, by, in, by specific intentions. May that grace come on your life. In the name of Jesus. I said, may that grace come on your life. You know, I like it when Cyrus said, God has commanded me. First, he said, God has given me the kingdom. Verse 2. Verse 2. He said, um, all the kingdom of the earth, the Lord God of heaven has given me. This is an unbeliever king who have understanding that I'm conquering all the nations, not by accidents. That there's a divine plan, there's a divine hand working in my life. And opening these doors for me. And I, say that, I see that same divine hand is going to begin to work in your life. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I see that same divine hand is going to begin to open doors for you. Amen. It's going to begin to do some supernatural work in your life. Amen. But you will sit down alone. You know, you know sometimes people can praise you a lot. Because they think it's you. But when you are alone with yourself... You know it's not you. You know something beyond you is doing the work. And I pray that you will see the hand of God at work in your life from now. In your business, in your career, in your education, in everything that you do. You're going to see extraordinary manifestations of God's intervention. Receive that in the name of Jesus. The Lord God of heaven has given me all the kingdoms of the earth. He conquered everything. In fact, any man that can conquer Nebuchadnezzar is not an ordinary person. Because Nebuchadnezzar was, was undisputable at that time. Powerful. But Cyrus conquered him in one night. Not in a a week-long or a month-long or a year-long battle. One night. It happened just like that, like a dream. Okay, so you, now, how many of you have heard the Israelites sang a song? They said, when the Lord turned the captivity of Zion, it was like a dream. Psalm 106, it was that night. It was that night when Cyrus entered Babylon and conquered it in one night. The Israelites sang a song and said, hey, wonders will never end. We, we, it's like a dream. It's a wonder. Hallelujah. Because God prophesied it for 70 years. A captivity will turn. Amen? And next Sunday, we're going to be praying about the turning of captivities. Listen to me. The challenge of your life has an expiry. Amen. Amen. It has an expiry date. And I see some crisis in people's life expiring this month. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I said I see some crisis and some cycles in people's life expiring this month. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. New chapters are opening. Amen. New chapters when the Lord then brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Amen? When Israel entered Babylon, they knew this one, we are finished. We are done. 
freedom is, I mean, what Jeremiah is saying, he doesn't even understand what he's saying. Because when this place, there's no way anybody can come here and be free. But God used one man by the name of Cyrus to bring that freedom. And God is anointing you. Amen. This month, that's what God is doing. Every Sunday we sit here, there's an anointing coming upon us to become the solution to somebody's problem. That means you will not continue to remain a problem. You will become the solution. Say, I receive that in Jesus' name. Yeah. God is anointing us to take on global issues and provide answers to them. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Somebody in this church, the world will hear about you in your lifetime. I... Amen. God bless you. I pray for everybody as we close. I pray that favor will increase upon you. I pray that your life will receive new mantles of greatness and prominence to stand out. There's somebody here. God is about to make your name a household name. Your name is going to be so great. Your name is going to be on on certain products. Your name is going to be on the media. Not for, for bad things, but God is making somebody here. Your name is going to become an asset that will bring you wealth because of the impact. Thank you, Jesus. Your name is going to be all over the place. Everybody will be mentioning your name. Thank you, Jesus. I pray for everyone. Businesses in LifeGate Temple. Expansion. 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 In all businesses. Expansion. In the name of Jesus. Expansion. In your business. I pray and I command wealth and riches. I see wealth and riches. I see in the spirit God is putting in some people's hand gold. In fact, I see God is about to force somebody into gold business in this house. You didn't plan it, but somebody's going to push you into it. Gold. Somebody here, receive the grace to gather wealth. May your hand attract gold. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hey, somebody here, not long from now, when you open your safe in your bedroom, you'll see gold bars in it. Amen. 
In the name of Jesus. Receive that favor now. Receive that favor. Look, I'm seeing gold bars. Huh? And I'm seeing diamond stones. Are you hearing me? Hmm. Me, I'm prophesying. I know somebody will believe it by all means. If you don't believe it, me, you are not the one. If you're not the one, you'll just be talking like, uh, you'll just be thinking like this man is just making fun of us. I pray over your life. Favor on your life. Greatness. Mantle of. Receive the mantle. I see a mantle on you. Kadu ikres valaduni sapash. Parati kadika zukatakamba. Look, 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 I'm saying something. There are people here from today. You will never lack money to the day you die. Amen. Look, I'm not joking. I'm, there's something in the house. There's an anointing in the house. There's an anointing in the house. Huh? Coffee, come. assignment, he's on assignment to give wealth. Are you here? There is such an anointing for wealth and financial breakthrough. I can't lay hands on everybody, but I see God touching everybody with that grace. A few years ago, the Lord spoke to me one day. He said, you will never lack money again. And, and that's how I live my life. That's how I live my life. That's how I live my life. If it's necessary, he brings it. And I see him doing the same in your life. Poverty and lack would disappear from your life forever. Say, Father, by this seed, I come into covenant with you. That you will be my source. You will be my source. You will be my provider. All the remaining days of my life. Poverty is no more my portion. Poverty is no more my portion. Wealth and riches is coming to me now. In the name of Jesus. Drop that seed on the altar by faith. Please do it with faith. Do it with faith. Thy grace, our your word,
send your offering through the payment options. And may the Lord bless you as you join us next week, same time. God bless you. this what do you do in such a time I need to go back and something supernatural is happening I want everybody to receive I pray everybody some of you you have you have walked out of poverty for life for life to never, I mean, you will never lack money. Look, there is something that attracts money. There is a favor and a grace that attracts money. When it's on you, you can never lack. I see that anointing on each people. There's, there's, there's a presence. There's an angel of God that released that presence. Just suddenly upon the whole congregation. I saw the angel alone. He released the thing. Everybody, don't be a spectator. Just ask the Lord, Lord. Don't be a spectator. Don't be a spectator. Don't be saying what is happening, what is not. Receive. It's, it's, it's the... It's the it's a... Shikata, kata, 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 kata. 
favor, the land of the land of UK favor you. Can we receive this thing before we close? Can we receive? Everybody receive, 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 receive. Don't be a spectator, receive. Receive. God is giving it to everybody. It's, it's, it's coming. I see angels. I see angels pouring something on people. I see angels pouring the thing on people. And, and, and it's wealth. It's wealth. Poverty is breaking. Poverty is breaking. Poverty is breaking. Poverty is breaking. Shadakabaharabakaba. Poverty is breaking. The yoke of poverty is breaking. Receive. 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 Now. Now. Poverty. The yoke of poverty is breaking. Receive. Now. 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 Receive. Now. Receive. Favor, favor, favor. <laughs> receive, receive, receive. Now, now. <coughs> I saw people laughing in their spirit. It is wealth. Baradili manegrene makofele dini. Receive. Receive. Jesus. What is this? What is this? There's a presence I've never seen in this church before. There's a presence. Lezehetekehe mahatas. Roboko shaka. Another wave is coming. Another wave is coming. Another wave is coming. Receive now! Rekendele kapala labaha. Receive now! Receive! Come. Wealth. Come. Receive wealth. Julius. Receive wealth. Bring him another one. Receive. Last one. Lord, let him have it now. Jesus!
somebody in their boots. A technical people. And that is taxi somebody out of their boots. we close. Let not this presence depart. Let everybody take this presence home. Father, I pray for everyone. I pray for businesses. I pray for people's finances. I pray for the wealth anointing. Wealth anointing. Upon everyone. Everyone in this house. I command every captivity in your life to turn. Lift up your two hands. Lift it up. I command every captivity in your life to turn. Your life turn around. I saw a turn around in the life of this lady. I command your life to turn around. I command your life to turn around. May your life become a testimony in your family. I command a turn around in your life. In the name of Jesus, God's power is coming upon you. It's going to make, give you breakthroughs. It's going to make you break limitations. It's going to make you a testimony. Something that has never happened in your family before is going to start through you. I command that grace on you now. Jesus, give it to her now. Thank you. Father, I pray. Oh, I love this today's service. I love something. Something is happening here. Father, I thank you so much. Everybody see that. When you sit down, it will, it will stop. You see, when you are fasting and praying, it makes it easy for the anointing to flow. So, so today, you see, your own prayers and fasting is also helping the atmosphere. Hallelujah. I saw a presence in the spirit I've never seen before since I started, I've been ministering in this church. There is something, there's a glory in the clouds, in the, I wish I can pray for somebody to see it, but that would take us another time. There's a glory in the clouds. 
I'm going to talk to God about this. There's something we need to do to... Are you telling me something? Okay, I thought you said you are seeing something. Oh, oh, you can see. If you are very sensitive, you can see. It's not only prophets who can see. You too, you can see. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his peace. This week, I declare that your going out and coming in be blessed. No weapon formed against you will prosper. The Lord deliver you from all evil and grant you increase of favor in all that you do. In Jesus' name, may the Lord bless you and make you great and grant you all your heart desires and answer all your prayers this month. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Have a good week. Hope you've been blessed by today's message. You can contact Reverend Hubert on 030-340-7970 or 024-33-11201. Remain blessed.